The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. Hi, my name is Stephen Martins. Welcome to a new session of Cornerstones. I'm here with Dr. Joe Boot in his study, and today we'll be discussing the Reformation. Joe, as we record this, uh, we're currently celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. In your opinion, what are some of the benefits that have come from the Reformation for both the Church and the world? Well, in many respects, the Reformation was a a response, a robust Christian response to the Renaissance and to the sort of recovery of the classical learning of the ancient world and the turn that was happening in uh, kind of Christian humanism, let's say, uh, to um, antiquity and many of the thought forms and ideas of antiquity. So there was this kind of return to the sources, as it were, going on in culture in general. And the Reformation, I think, uh, we would have to say that the greatest benefit of the Reformation was this return to the Word of God in a robust and deliberate, a return to the source, if you will, in a robust and deliberate and determined and careful form that uh, we had to uh, surrender, the church had to surrender itself afresh to the Word revelation of God. Um, especially as it comes to us in Scripture. And I think that what is seen actually in the, in the fruits then of the Reformation is that whenever we return to the Word of God, whenever the church returns to the Word of God, we simultaneously have a healing of culture. We simultaneously then experience a uh, restoration of culture. Um, and uh, I think that's a real lesson for... Uh, the church in our own time actually that as we always in reform come back to the word of god as uh, completely sufficient uh, for faith and practice as we return to god's word and recognize its 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 full sufficiency uh, it's at the same time that is going to become a healing of culture so most people would of course I think most theologians would point to the great solas Mm -hmm. of the Reformation, that by returning to the Word of God, we returned to uh, an understanding of the centrality of faith. So by faith alone, of of the grace of God, so by grace alone, um, of, of course, the Word of God, Scripture alone, uh, of um, the centrality of the Lord Jesus Christ, so in Christ alone, and then the glory of God alone. So uh, we, we're centered on God's glory, we're rooted in his word and in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we recognize that, that it's grace and it's faith that are absolutely central. So that, of course, um, I think goes without saying that that was core mm-hmm. to the, the, what was um, recovered with the Reformation in a, in a particular um, uh, strident, faithful, disciplined form. That was what was taking place. And at the same time, culture was being healed. So uh, out of uh, the Reformation movement comes a focus on 
one would uh, not be surprised to learn literacy mm-hmm. and education. So you had the birth of a lot of uh, um, Christian educational institutions. You had a focus on literacy. Uh, you had um, uh, increasingly efforts at universal education. You had hospitals and schools and universities and medical schools being established and so forth. So there was a real um, uh, drive in the area of education for sure. Another area would be um, economics and commerce, uh, that with the increased sense of the significance of the individual, um, not just the uh, community of the church, um, but uh, with a, a person's recognition of uh, individual responsibility, individual obligation, individual faith. Without tipping into individualism, there was a sort of emphasis on the responsibility of the individual. And so some of the ideas really of, of free markets and um, commerce uh, and um, economic growth and development, these were some of the fruits of the Reformation as well. And then critically, the recognition that um, because the Reformation broke the hold of the medieval church, the medieval Roman Catholic Church uh, in Europe over the people, uh, it produced um, religious liberty, um, but also political liberty. So Mm -hmm. it made more space for religious freedom. Um, and you, of course, you saw the development of a, of a, a recover. I should say, the recovery of a free church in England, um, and uh, you see the uh, a sense of the the freedom of the church, the independence of the church. Uh, so more space is made for Christians, uh, and more room is made for those who have a, a different perspective on on non essentials. So there's liberty for the church. And at the same time, of course, there's more political liberty. So you see a real uh, um, uh, movement towards, and of course, there were some things that are very regrettable. What happened politically after the Reformation, there were political wars, of course, which have been called the religious wars. But it led to um, greater political liberty. The, the, The nation's touched by, um, in, in strong terms by the Reformation, um, became uh, freer nations, like, the, like Holland and Netherlands, like uh, England and Scotland. Um, political liberty, freedom became very central. So the, the sort of church-state relation as it existed in the, in the medieval period, the High Middle Ages, uh, was, was broken, so political liberty. And I think along with that, that served all of those ends, I think, was the, the vocation of every Christian as a prophet, priest, and king uh, in Christ. So the idea of, some would say, the priesthood of all believers, but whatever sort of term we use, certainly the emphasis was on that, that, the, that every Christian, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, was a member of Christ's diaconate, that we are all priests, uh, after the order of Melchizedek, we're priests in Christ, we're prophets in Christ, we're kings in Christ, and therefore uh, the Christian takes, the, you, you, in order to be involved in uh, sort of a holy, sanctified vocation, you didn't need to be in holy orders, you didn't need to be a monk or a nun or be in a monastery or in some clerical role, so that kind of dualism, which was the product of Greek philosophy that so influenced the church, 
of a sort of radical secular sacred divide was broken with the sense of the vocational calling of every Christian to be a priest unto God in whatever area of life they were serving. And I think that had a huge impact on uh, um, economics and commerce and on, on issues of political and social liberty and on education and literacy and all of those things. So we have a lot to be thankful for um, uh, with respect to what emerged from uh, a return to the word of God. Uh, of course, we have a long way to go still. We, we, we must always be in reform. But that was, that was, I think, the great blessing of God that came to us with the Reformation. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.